The Old Testament is referenced by authors of the New Testament either by quotation or by allusion 900 times. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the author of Why Life Hurts and co-author of Evangelism Made Simple. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Scudder, and you're listening to In Grace here on Monday, September 25th, and it is Yom Kippur in Israel. And for our Jewish friends, uh, we uh, certainly think of this holy day and this important day. Um, and the fact that we, have, we are worshiping someone that has come to fulfill the law and the prophets and the one that kept the law perfectly and uh, the one that made full atonement for our sins, and that is Yeshua, Jesus. Uh, but it's a wonderful day here, start of the week, and we're also starting a brand new series that I think is really, really important. Uh, the series is called, Is the Old Testament Obsolete? And we'll be doing this series for the next several weeks. And I think the reason this is important is because we've had some lately in evangelical circles that have minimized or basically outright said, we don't need to study the Old Testament or focus on it. And I think that's wrong because of what you're gonna hear today, the Old Testament is integral. Uh, we probably shouldn't even call it the Old Testament. We do that because we have a New Testament. Maybe we should call it the Older Testament or the Hebrew Scriptures because it's still relevant. It's still important. It tells us so much that we wouldn't know. And so there, there's so much of it in the New Testament uh, alluded to or referenced in particular. I'll tell you the exact number of times. It's a lot in the message, but it is so important to know both the whole counsel of God. And we're going to examine that not only today, but for this entire series. And I'm going to also have an illustration, something that we might know what it is, but our kids or grandkids aren't going to know what it is. So the first object, and we have it covered on the stage at Quentin Road Baptist Church on a table, and we unveil it for a young person, a kid I bring up on the stage, and they try to tell me what it is. And so this first one is a rotary phone, and I can't wait for you to hear the, the kid's reaction to this thing. So that'll be a lot of fun, and we'll be in the series for a little bit, and I think you'll be blessed, especially as we're starting in Genesis and how important Genesis is in uh, the Christian's life to understand uh, really how we got here and the whole plan of God. So I'm excited about this series. I hope that you're blessed by it. Don't forget we're having something called Gather in Grace, where in grace comes to you. We've gone to a, a number of cities in the past. We're going to, in the future, be going to Mitchell, South Dakota to the Corn Palace. That's in October. And we're going to be in Phoenix, Arizona in February. I have a free ticket for you at ingraceradio.com. Click on Gather in Grace. One of the things that I hate in life is obsolescence. The reason is because I feel like I'm getting there myself. <laughs> Fortunately, we have a little bit of money to spend on the grandkids, or maybe they might think we were obsolete. I don't know. We have our staff at our ministries here at the church and at the media ministries, and they'll always tell me, well, Pastor, we need this new equipment. Didn't we just buy that, that computer? Yeah, two years ago. 
Well, why can't we keep using it? Well, it's obsolete. And their favorite phrase is, Pastor, they don't support it anymore. Well, then you support it, and let's just keep using it. (laughs) Things go out of style, out of use so fast. Today, it makes your head spin. So what I'm going to need is I'm going to need a kid, and I'll, I'll pick one of you, and we'll have you come up. And we're going to unveil what's under the table. All right, now, isn't this cool? What's your name? Nathan. Okay, Nathan, can you tell me what these two things are? First of all, what is this? A phone. Yeah, Or but a telephone. What kind of phone? I don't know. Okay, so if I would tell you to call the number, would you be able to dial it? No. Okay, try it. Would you call 847? You have no idea what to do, do you? No idea. Yeah, I'm telling you. So this is a telephone. So how you would do it is you would dial, if I, you want to dial 8, you put your finger in the 8 and you go all the way around to there. Now listen. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah. So you do the next one. Four. Yeah, and then once you get all the way done, you'll find out you dialed the wrong number. <laughs> These things in their day were cutting edge, but now, unfortunately, they're obsolete. Okay, so I promised you 20 bucks. By the way, this is going obsolete too. Give them a hand. Here. With that said, we have something that is very, very old. Thousands of years ago, this book was finished, and it's still relevant today. Isn't that amazing? How is it that this ancient book can still tell me how to raise my kids, how to treat my neighbors, how to treat my wife? How is it that that this book isn't obsolete? Now, some people say it is, but let me tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says in Isaiah 40, verse 8, the grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of God shall stand forever. Isn't that wonderful? This is incredible. This book will never Go obsolete. Amen? It's a marvelous, marvelous thing. In Psalm 111, at verse 7, it says, The works of his hands are verity and judgment. His commandments are sure. They stand fast forever and ever and are done in truth and uprightness. This book is a book that is from God. And God is the one who created us And he's also outside of time. So he knows what he's talking about when it comes to us. And he also, since he's outside of time, the things that he tells us are timeless. And so this book should be precious to you. This book should be so important to you and to your life. But since we have a big chunk of this book that we call Old, in its title, Old Testament, Two-thirds of this book are what we call the Old Testament. 
because we use the word old for this half or this two-thirds almost of the Bible, then we are, are assuming that we don't need it anymore or it's not relevant anymore. It's old. And, and all we need is the, the New Testament. Okay. Now, why do we call it the Old Testament and the New Testament? Well, because Jesus taught us about a New Testament. But he did not teach us that this was irrelevant, uh, unnecessary. We don't need to learn it. We don't need to know it. And what I'm going to do today and in this series, we're going to be taking a New Testament passage that references the Old Testament, and we're going to jump back and learn what that was that happened. And that's going to show light on the New Testament. I actually prefer to call the Old Testament the Hebrew Scriptures because they were almost all written in Hebrew and almost all of the New Testament written in Greek. So I prefer to call it the Hebrew Scriptures and we could call this the New Testament. But just because we call it the Old Testament doesn't mean it's not relevant. And there are some popular preachers in America that are minimizing the Old Testament. And I believe that's wrong. We need to know what it says. They, they, they say, we just need to focus on Jesus. We just need to focus on the resurrection. And believe me, we do need to focus on Jesus and the resurrection. That should be the very first thing, the foundational thing of our faith. But Jesus references the Old Testament over 80 times, as recorded in the Gospels. The Old Testament is referenced by authors of the New Testament either by quotation or by allusion 900 times. You cannot get what God wanted for us, what God wanted to convey to us reading the New Testament without knowing the Hebrew Scriptures. This is so important that we know what the Old Testament says. And obviously, my question and my series title, Is the Old Testament Obsolete? You obviously know what I think about that, right? Now, there is a balance. We're going to talk about the balance. Some people will overemphasize the Old Testament, and we cannot do that either. We cannot live under law. We are living in a new day, and a new dispensation. But there's 300 direct quotes of the Old Testament in the New Testament Almost 900 times there's an, an allusion or a quote from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And by the way, you remember Jesus said, I did not come to destroy the law, but what? To fulfill it. To fulfill it. So in this series, we're going to read something from the New Testament, and that's going to give us a springboard to jump back into that story and we're going to try to cover a lot of the major episodes. They're incredible, amazing stories, truly. And I hope that one day we can actually see those events. You think God has the ability to show us uh, what it was like to part the Red Sea? Think of the things that you'd like to see. And, and start asking the Lord now that you could be first in line for that, that experience. So this is going to be an exciting series. I'm looking forward to, to teaching it. 
What I want to do is explain a little bit about something that's called dispensationalism. This is a, a, a doctrine, and this is a doctrine I hold to. It's a doctrine that our church holds to. And we would call ourselves traditional dispensationalists. Now, if you're starting to like, oh, okay, here it comes. Here comes the boring part. No, wait, 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 wait. Remember, everything in the Bible is exciting. Everything. Okay, look at Hebrews 1.1. 1, 1. God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake. Now you say, wait a second. What did you just say? What does that mean, sundry divers? Well, you know, many of you know that we use the King James. You say, why would you use the King James? It's such an old-fashioned uh, version of the Bible. The reason I use it is because it is tried and true. It's the only Bible version in the English language that doesn't use at all the critical text, which I oppose, the critical text, and uh, it uses the received text. Step into the captivating world of ancient history and discover the inspiring story of David the Shepherd King. As a token of his gratitude for your amazing support, Jim Scudder Jr. is thrilled to offer you an exclusive, beautifully crafted Psalm 23 bookmark absolutely free. This elegant keepsake is a symbol of our appreciation for your generosity. And when you give a gift of $35 or more, you'll receive not just one, but five Psalm 23 bookmarks and the engaging DVD series, Discover Hidden Israel 4, all about David, the Shepherd King. When you give a generous gift of $250 or more, you will also receive a limited edition canvas print portraying David, the Shepherd King. To claim these remarkable gifts, call 800-78-GRACE. Go to ingraceradio.com or write to ingrace. P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Again, that's 800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com. Let's say you're at work. You've been working at the same job for about 10 years. You've gotten to know your boss pretty good. You know what they expect. You know what they want. You know kind of their quirks. And so you're, you're used to that. And your, your boss is very, you know, punctual. You better be exactly on time to the staff meeting. The staff meeting is always on this day. He wants the projects filed a certain way and done this, all these different things. And you're, and you're used to the way he works. And then he takes a new job and you have a new boss. Now, this boss cares more about the ultimate job. Did you, did it, did everything get done? He's not as worried about tracking your hours or that you have to, you know, do all of these things in the exact way. He's just looking at the big picture. Now, both ways can work, but it's hard for the employee that's used to the boss operating in one way to suddenly switch to the boss operating in a different way, a new boss. Or, or think of it this way. Let's say you, you're very wealthy and you have a huge house and you hire help in your house. And every morning, that person uh, knows that you like to wake up to sunlight and you're an early riser and you want that coffee and you want your cream a certain way and you want it, everything, you, you have a certain way that you like it and that person that's working for you knows that and so every morning the, the drapes are open, the coffee is made and it's, it's everything exactly the way they like it. And then he dies and now the son is in charge of the household and the son likes to sleep in. 
The sun doesn't like the sun in the morning streaming in through the windows. The sun doesn't like coffee. So the first day with this new person, you throw open the windows and the the curtains and the the light streams in and, and you have the coffee ready and he's not very happy with you. He works differently in different times, in different ways. And it's not a way of salvation, but it's just a way that God was working with with humanity. So let me show you seven dispensations. We would start in what we call eternity past. And we come to the first dispensation. We would call that the age of innocence. This was really a pretty short amount of time. It only lasted until Genesis chapter 3, verse 7. And I would call this creation to sin. The age of innocence. Things were simple. It was a beautiful garden. You didn't have to worry about what outfit you wore that day. All you had to do was worry about not eating one tree. And you got to fellowship with God. That was the whole point of creating us, that, that Adam and Eve walked in the cool of the day with God. The sweet fellowship, that's why we were created. That's our purpose, the age of innocence. And then that ended with sin, the sin of Adam, the sin of Eve, cast out of the garden. And then we entered into an age that we call the age of conscience, where now we know wrong and now because we've now we've we've experienced sin and now now we know right and wrong and and God operated that way until around the flood after the flood we find another dispensation the dispensation of human government and by the way that that dispensation does continue in in a certain way but it's not the main theme today but that was the main theme then after the flood Noah and his family, God instituted certain things like the death penalty, okay? And so we, we find that, that age, and that lasted until uh, basically the end of the story of the Tower of, of Babel in Genesis 11, and then in Genesis 12, we enter into this dispensation called promise. By the way, all of these first five were, are basically Old Testament, Okay? And in the age of the promise, in Genesis 12, through pretty much Exodus, Moses, you could actually make a point to where it ended right at Sinai when God gave the next dispensation. But either way, around then, from Abraham to Moses, you have this this age of promise where, where God promised Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and their descendants a a savior would come from them and that they would bring us the scriptures and they would bless the whole world and their descendants would be as the sand of the sea. These were unconditional promises of God. And by the way, that was to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to the Jewish people, God keeps his promises. And that will, and in dispensationalism, one of the main features of dispensationalism is that the promises God made to Israel are specific to the nation of Israel and once they receive Yeshua, Messiah, as their Savior nationally, God will continue to fulfill the promises made to them. In other words, the church does not replace Israel. We are not replacement theologists here at Quint Road. We believe that God, in, in I mean, Romans 9 through 11, and many other places, that, that God will fulfill his promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
And then we enter into this time we call the, the age of the law, the dispensation of law. And that's pretty easy, right? Ten Commandments, uh, tabernacle, worship, uh, you know, all of these feasts and, and all of these things. This is very complicated, not just ten, but, but literally hundreds of laws that are given. And they're given for the Ten Commandments, by the way, are, are other than keeping the Sabbath, are for all of us across dispensations. I think it was just codified at that time. You know, you don't kill, you don't steal. These are things that we all know are wrong, okay? But the, the way that God was operating with the nation of Israel at that time was an, a way that he had a lot of, of laws, and it was God leading a nation, God leading a people. And then all of that ended when Jesus came and died on the cross. And then we have this dispensation that we're in today, what some call the dispensation of grace. I don't like calling it that because all dispensations are dispensations of grace. I like to call it the dispensation of the church, the age of the church. We're not male, female. No, we're not Jew or Gentile. We're not bond or free. We're all one in Christ Jesus. And this is a wonderful time to be alive. That will end at the rapture of the church. Um, by the way, law will continue back under uh, the tribulation period. And then all of that will end and we enter into the seventh and final dispensation of human history, God relating to man, and that is in the millennial reign of Jesus Christ on the earth. And that will last a thousand years and then we enter what we would call eternity future. So that's dispensationalism. All of these are under the Old Testament and then we have uh, the church age in the New Testament. All right. Under each of those dispensations, we see a pattern. And, and every pattern goes like this. God gives man a responsibility. We fail. A judgment comes. And then God gives grace to move on. That's, if you look at every dispensation that we just outlined, that's the pattern that you will see. So a question that this series, Is the Old Testament Obsolete, is going to answer for you is this. How does the church, how do we today relate to the prior dispensations? How, how do we relate to the law? How do we relate to innocence, conscience, human government? How, how does that affect us? What do we need to know or not know about the Hebrew Scriptures? And again, be careful to not overemphasize the Old Testament, but we need to know it. The big point is, is, is we, if we don't know the Old Testament, we're going to miss a lot of truth that God wants you to know, and that will help you. And we'll pause there and pick it up tomorrow on the Tuesday edition of In Grace. The Old Testament is not obsolete, and you'll know more about that tomorrow. Uh, before we go, I have about a minute left to tell you about some really exciting resources for you. The first is a bookmark. This is absolutely free. All you have to do is contact us, either call us or go to our website or even write to us. And it's our Psalm 23 bookmark. This is brand new. It has original artwork, beautiful art of a shepherd and sheep at a sunset. 
And this is to commemorate our King David series that's coming out on Friday. And so I want you to get your free bookmark, Psalm 23. Just contact us and get that, and we'd love to hear from you. And then if you would like to give a gift to In Grace to make sure more people hear the gospel, for your gift of $35 or more, we're going to send you five of these Psalm 23 Shepherd bookmarks, and then we're going to also send you the brand new Discover Hidden Israel for King David series, a four-part series. It filmed in Israel featuring all the places that King David was at in Israel. And for those of you that can give much more, if you can give a gift of $250 or more, we're going to give you the things that I've already mentioned, as well as a beautiful limited edition canvas print of the Psalm 23 shepherd scene. It's beautiful, and you'll want this, and I would love to hear from you today. Don't forget your Psalm 23 bookmark, absolutely free. Also, for $35 or more, get five Psalm 23 bookmarks and the engaging DVD series, Discover Hidden Israel 4, all about David, the Shepherd King. When you generously give $250 or more, you will also receive a limited edition canvas print. Call 800-78-GRACE. Go to ingraceradio.com or write to InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on InGrace Radio with Jim Scudder, Jr. InGrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio. Radio.